Welcome back, Richard. It's good to see you. Good. To, uh, I almost said it's good to be seen. Uh, right. It's good to see you too. Um, it is really good to, to finally reconnect. Um, the weeks yeah. are flying by. They are flying by. And uh, this is it's the last. Uh, we're you know next next week is Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, yeah. Kids, the, <laughs> the students are officially out of school, uh, right. not because of COVID, but because of a, 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 a legitimate vacation. That's right. Well, and, and speaking of that, that's the topic that we're going to cover today is um, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the things that have been coming out. You know, there, there's more and more being written uh, about what's happening in schools right. um, and the, the sort of the state of education. Um, we, we need a uh, state instead of the state of the union. We need a state of the education because it, it, it changes almost every month. It's really and, true. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, so much, so much has happened and changed and has influenced the education system since March of 2020. And, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit today, because it not only affects the education system as a whole, but it's affecting, you know, down to the individual, whether it's the student or a teacher or an administrator, it's affecting everyone. That's right. And I'm glad you started with that, um, that notion, because, Sometimes we talk about education and, and viewers will say, well, it was interesting, but I don't have kids in school or I'm not part of it. What we're going to, what we're going to talk about over probably a couple of podcasts, maybe this week and next week mm-hmm. is that um, schools are different. Um, we initially, when we initially talked about doing this topic, we were thinking about just doing teacher burnout, you know, right. because teachers are burned out. I mean, it's been really, really difficult for teachers. And, and unless you're, unless you're a teacher or you have children in school, you're a parent of school age children, you don't realize what's right. going on in schools. Many people assume that because well, schools are re schools have reopened. So everything's back to normal. Right. Nothing could be farther from the truth, further right. from the truth than that. Um, and the other thing is the point you make that when we talk about schools, we're not, we saw in March of 2020, when you shut the schools down, you affect the entire economy. Right. You, you can't just shut schools down. Right. Right. Because it, because it ripples throughout the entire economy, the entire country. Everybody gets affected by it. Absolutely. And, and, it, and exactly right. It, you know, it affects the, the students. It affects the teachers. It affects, you know, the, the thousands of people who work for the school system. But then it affects all those parents and it affects, you know, the, the extended family. And it, it, it has... Um, effects that go through um, every home. That's right. And so, um, so you know, like you said, as we were looking at talking about teacher burnout and everything, it so many things just keep happening, and so many things keep coming out that you know it is important to kind of expand it and, and talk about you know the other people that are affected as well, because you know, just someone just said the other day, we're all burned out. We're we're all work wore out right um, so that was said in a, one of my schools the other day so mm-hmm. um, it's happening yeah. to everyone right and and the other thing we didn't want to do was just talk about COVID because it's a, it's a bigger now we know that COVID has had an enormous impact on how we work you know people are talking about I don't want to go back to the office I want to work from home um, sports you know last year the stadiums were empty they were figuring out how they were going to do these athletic events with empty stadiums and um, this year they're full, but um, athletic programs still have COVID protocols. Last week it was Aaron Rodgers. 
the quarterback of the Green Ray, you know, famous sports personality, um, couldn't play because of their pro- apparently tested positive for COVID. Right. Um, restaurants, my gosh, what's been more effective than restaurants? And right. and now we're hearing about the supply chain. Everybody's panicked. Right. I think it's kind of comical. Everybody's panicked about Christmas, and we're, we're not going to be able to have all these things for Christmas because of supply chain problems. Believe me, go into any store. There's plenty of stuff to buy. There's um, and we also have fewer workers. Uh, everybody's talking about that, that we can't get work. Almost everybody I talk to who has a business is saying the same thing, that we can't find workers. Certainly that's that's um, true in schools. Mm-hmm. Schools are, have been decimated by this pandemic. Right. Uh, they just can't find people. And then, um, of course, we have the um, every day there's a news program about inflation. You know, there's um, increasing inflation. Of course, there's inflation because people stopped producing things a year ago and now they're producing them. So, yeah, they're going to be a little bit more expensive. That's probably temporary. Right. So everything has been affected by COVID and certainly schools weren't immune to the crisis. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're going on to the third school year that is affected because, um, you know, it, it was the it was the spring, the last quarter of the 2019-2020 school year. Right. The 2020-2021 school year was just... That was worse, I think. Yeah. I mean, that was an absolutely catastrophic. Yeah. And even this year, um, you know, it was, it was much worse at the beginning of the year as far as, you know, lots of quarantine um, and, and lots of students out for, for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now, even though there's not as many quarantining um, uh, um, protocols uh, being followed because the rules keep kind of jet, uh, adjusting and changing um, right. for a variety of reasons, uh, mostly because the goal was to, to keep students in school, um, sometimes even if they've been exposed. Uh, but with, it, with immunizations being available for children all the way down to the age of five, you know, all of that's going to change now as well. Um, but this year is affected as well. Um, right. So, you know, this is the third school year that's been influenced by, by COVID. And the, the, the issues that are now uh, being identified, the issues that schools are struggling with, they're not going to go away right. in, in a year or two. So we are now, we're going to finish this year, but we're going to have some of these same struggles. The, the, the problems are not going to go away. So next year is going to be the fourth year right. that the pandemic has affected, has had a direct impact on educate on the education of our children, especially K through twelve. Well, well, absolutely, and because you know, um, even though schools are open now, they're they're not. It's not school like it was before, and, and <laughs> right. so you know, because of things like teacher burnout, um, you know, teachers are they're they're exhausted and just um, so overwhelmed and so frustrated with everything that has been happening. Um, and everything that continues to be put upon them, um, right. you know, they, they're, they're, the expectations placed upon them to mm-hmm. accommodate for different things and to, um, to adjust it for different things, you know, conti- that, that list continues to grow. Bernie, and, you're in the schools. Right. And I've always had two questions. Um, first of all, what is the effect that on teachers of they were thrown into schools before we knew schools were safe. They, they were forced to go back um, by governors and departments of education. What was the effect of that? On t- I mean, they were kind of like healthcare workers. They had to go. Right. They had to go into these buildings and nobody knew what was going to happen. 
Right. Well, and, and as we will talk um, about in, in just a few minutes, um, a lot of teachers left um, because of that. Because of that, uh, and you know, at, at a couple of the schools that I work at, you know, it, it was there were there were a number of teachers who who resigned, retired early, or just left. Well, uh, I remember, you know. If you remember, before the vaccines were introduced and widely available, if you were an older teacher, you were really concerned about getting this virus because we know that it affected the elderly in, in, in ways that it didn't affect everybody else. So if you were over 55, especially if you were over 60, there was a real fear of, of being killed by this thing. Absolutely. Okay. And the second question is, teachers, it, there's a lot, um, there are many empty classrooms right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there aren't enough teachers to cover the classrooms. Right. So does that mean that teachers are being um, thrown into the, if you're a teacher, you have your four or five classes a day, then are you asked to fill in for those empty classes? So yeah, at the middle and high school level, what a lot of schools, uh, the remedy that a lot of schools are trying to follow is, um, yeah, so if you have a, a seven period school day, mm -hmm. um, one of those class periods is your planning period. Right. Um, so they usually have that period off. Um, and yes, a lot of teachers are asked if they would like to volunteer to to teach another class during their planning period. Do and they so, get paid for that? Um, yeah, there's there is a reimbursement for that. Um, so you get paid for doing it because mm -hmm. I ran a private school for five years, years, years ago. And if somebody was absent and we couldn't hire a substitute, teachers just filled in. We didn't pay them. We didn't pay them extra. But but so they're getting paid. But that's part of the exhaustion is that they're they're, they're they don't have any free time during the entire school day. Right. And and, and yeah, they don't they don't have a break. And, um, and and of course, all the things that they're expected to do during their planning period, they, they didn't have to find another time to do. Then they have to do that at home. Right. At the end of the school day. So that the day's getting longer filling mm -hmm. up. OK, I wondered about that because and I didn't know whether they were paying them or not. But I thought, well, that's adding to the exhaustion and the right. demoralization. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so so first you have the danger of really getting sick and maybe dying if you got exposed, and now you have exhaustion. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so what about students? What are students doing? Well, you know, you know, students, some of the same. Some students are students that I see are, are very demoralized. They, it's interesting that many of the students I talk to don't necessarily attribute it to they don't they don't themselves attribute it to COVID. However you can see that their motivation, their any momentum that they had before mm -hmm. is, is really very quickly deteriorating. Um, and, and so they're just not, not as driven as they were before. Um, and so many of the students are behind academically. Um, they, they come in and they're very high strung, very anxious um, and and overwhelmed. And so then you, we starting to get a lot more behavior. Um, some of the, a lot of more behavioral concerns. Um, I'm getting more referrals this year for mental health, uh, students who need mental health support, um, mm -hmm. than, than ever before. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a clear, there's a clear effect. So what I work, what I'm thinking, what I've been worried about, one is that kids are going to be behind academically. I mean, that you can't, you, you know, schools are structured so that you you add to your skill set every day or every week right. or every month or something. That's all been disrupted. Right. So they're not learning as many skills. But also, 
what I began to think about it from my own perspective. And I remember what would happen to me after every vacation. So especially summer, because you have that summer slide. Right. But even at Christmas time, it took me a few days into January to get traction again. Okay. But you didn't just turn on the first day. It mm -hmm. took me a while because you kind of cool off and right. then you come back and you got to get warmed up. That's with one interruption in December. These kids are having multiple interruptions for various reasons. And that's what's, that's what keeps robbing them of any momentum. Um, they get going and then they have to stop again. Right. Yeah. Just as a quick example, um, you know, one of my elementary schools, there's a, um, a student who, uh, this one particular student that um, I, I've been working with, her class, um, well, this one student, because she had to change classrooms, um, she's in kindergarten, and within the first quarter of the school year, she had to have, she had three different teachers. She, she had a teacher. Wow. Um, that teacher was, had to go out on quarantine for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And so she had a, had a substitute and it was generally the same substitute the whole time. And so she had that substitute for almost a month. And then because of some other issues, then she had to change classes. And so now she's in her third. So this is a student who's not been in school before and it's her third teacher. She's in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That is so disruptive. Right. So, so it's really difficult for, to know, okay, so she, she's, she's struggling. Is she struggling because she hasn't had any consistency? Is she struggling because she, she um, needs some academic support? What's going on? And it's really difficult to determine. Right. And, and some kids have had only substitutes right. for the first part of it since school began. Right. Okay. All right. So, okay. And you, we all remember what it's like to have a substitute. Yeah, you know, I mean, not, mm -hmm. no, no matter how good the substitute is, it's it's not your regular teacher, right. and and right. so yeah, it, it creates creates issues. So mm -hmm. yeah, and so parents also have been affected. So we have teachers, students, and parents. Right. Uh, we haven't even talked about administrators and support staff, but um, so parents are also on the one hand they're relieved to have their kids back in school because that allows them to have a bit of a life. But they're angry, they're exhausted, and I think they're fearful. They're, they're just on, on edge. Right. And the reason I mention that is because the, there's a, because parents are on edge and there's discussion about forcing kids to go back to school, forcing kids to wear masks, forcing kids, these man, this mandate issue, it's dividing parents. Parents are angry about that too. So we have... Parents are already on edge, and it's an easy time for people to take advantage of that, to take advantage of parent anger. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit about that, that this is a very, from a, from a psychological standpoint, this is a very good time for everybody to try to remain calm because mm -hmm. there, are, there are major issues that schools are trying to deal with, and it's going to take everybody, mm -hmm. it's going to take everybody to support and get teachers and students through this crisis. And it still is a crisis. And this is not a time to be arguing and fighting about other things. And that's beginning to happen in school boards, but that's a topic for next week. Right, yes. Yeah. So, so when we think about the, the influence that all of this has had, especially on teachers, we, we start to deal with the issue and, and return to that issue of burnout. And mm -hmm. when we think about burnout, 
what we're really talking about is, is sort of a, a chronic, a state of chronic stress. Right. Um, and it leads to physical, emotional, psychological dis, um, exhaustion. It's just um, people become cynical. People um, just have, um, they, they don't feel very effective. They feel detached from everything that's going on. And, and they just, and, and all of that results in a lack of accomplishment, in a, in a decrease in production, a decrease in in work attitude. Um, I was talking with a patient about attitude, uh, work-related attitude yesterday. Um, and, and it's that, um, that eagerness, that drive that, you know, an employer always wants um, in their, in their employees. When we're talking about burnout, we're talking about all of that stuff just being drained completely out. And it's just the, the drudgery of, um, of, of work that that's left. Right. And, and as we as we research this topic, we wanted to dig into it and see, well, what has been the effect on teachers? There have been any number of studies done by private foundations and um, universities and uh, um, non-governmental agencies, um, all kinds of data floating around. But the data are fairly similar. Right. And what we learned is that nine out of 10, 90 percent of teachers say that the pandemic has affected their um, behavioral health. Okay? Right. Um, rates of anxiety and depression have quadrupled. Um, but the main, the main finding is that for some reason, teachers have been more affected than other state employees. And this, ha- this is happening at a national level. I talked to a woman in Sarasota. She has a a PTSD project, and they're now seeing state employees. They're mm-hmm. seeing teachers, first responders, mm-hmm. and uh, victims of, I think, uh, d- domestic violence. And they said that the most pathology they're seeing is in the teachers. It's right. not the first responders, and it's not victims. Of abuse. It's teachers are showing higher rates of um, depression, anxiety, uh, chronic stress, all the symptoms we associate. So teachers are being affected differentially at higher rates and increased rates of, of, um, of depression and anxiety. Right. And, and it's hard to know, like, I, I, I'm interested in what state, other state employees they're, they're, they, they surveyed um, because, you know, if you're talking about law enforcement or you're talking about um, first responders, or you're talking about, you know, some of those folks, it, I, I think it, it makes sense because whereas those individuals, their training is, Right. You're That's going true. to be dealing with these yeah. things. And so they, they're mm-hmm. trained in that way from the beginning. Teachers aren't. And right. why would they have been? You know, why would teachers have been trained? You know, one day you're going to be in a situation where your life could be threatened. Um, right. yeah. um, not by not by a, a school shooter or by some act of violence, but because, you know, parents don't want to send their kids to school with masks. Right. Yeah. Um, it's true. If you're a soldier and they, they also see veterans, right. If you're a soldier, if you're a police officer, if you're a firefighter, you're signing up for, I mean, right. you know what you're signing up for and you get trained for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not trained. Teachers aren't trained to be in these combat like situations. And that's what schools became. They became combat zones, uh, right. almost combat zones because there wasn't a, a real fear. We said earlier before the vaccines were introduced, there was a real fear that you could die by going by by doing your job. Right. A- absolutely. And, and and as you said, you know, 
there's a lot of research out there and, and a lot of the research is very consistent. Um, another survey suggests that about a third of teachers are experiencing symptoms of depression um, right. and anxiety. Um, and about a little more than half of, of teachers that they surveyed are, are considering leaving the profession. And that's, in, that's enormous consequences for everybody. I mean, if we lose, Absolutely. if we lose 10% of our teachers, it would be, it would be, you wouldn't be able to recover from that. Right. Because, you know, there, there's just not enough substitutes. There's not enough people to fill in. And, and there's only getting, becoming more and more children. And, <laughs> more and, more kids and that have to be educated. That's right. And there are fewer people going into education. There are fewer people going into education programs at the college and university level. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's going to continue to, um, to be a problem. You know, and um, we need to figure out ways to, to cope with that and to deal with it. Um, but again, lots of lots of research out there that suggests that that is very consistent with all of this. Right. Right. And so, you know, we mentioned that about uh, about how many are considering leaving about 53 percent, 14 percent have left. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're so, you know, that's a that's a. That's a number that's going to be very, if it, it keeps increasing right. and it, it might well increase over the next year or so. Yeah. Because- no, absolutely. And, and it, it's the, the, the real concern is that um, as we were talking about earlier, kids have to have some place to go, you know, um, <laughs> we learned that in 2020, right. You know, when, when kids are, when kids have to stay home, mm-hmm. parents, somebody has to stay home with them. Right. And, and we can't, you know, if you can, there's not enough child care for that. There's not enough um, babysitters to, to accommodate all of that. No. So okay. parents end up having to stay home. And if parents are staying home, they're not working. So, right. so we have to put kids, kids have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't all be educated at home. Right. So, and yeah, sadly, you know, like you say, kids have to go somewhere um, because it affects everybody. Right. I mean, if we didn't learn anything from that closing of schools, we learned that. Um, and, and everybody said, well, we have to get kids back in school so they can learn. That's not the only reason we needed to get kids back in school. We had to get get back kids back in school because of the economy. Okay. Right. And so um, closing schools affects everybody. And right. we talk about the, the, the sort of the typical kid whose uh, education has been disrupted but 20% of kids are not typical. And there are a lot of kids who were home in abusive homes. So during this pandemic, I mean, we forget about all those kids who were in abusive homes. And and we know that because the rates of of reported child abuse and neglect dropped way down when kids couldn't come to school because that's where kids, that's where that stuff is is typically identified. Abuse and neglect are are typically um, identified in schools. Well, the right. kids weren't coming to school, so the rates dropped way down. Right. These and it kids wasn't were in unsafe it, places. It wasn't because it wasn't happening anymore. It was because it, the other people didn't see it to report it. It wasn't being um, reported, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing about the other thing to remember about teachers is that they are the front. They're the front line workers. They're like bus drivers and and, and yeah. nurses and doctors. They have to be there, and they they were part of that group that assumed more risk. And I think all of us remember those pictures on TV where nurses would be leaving the hospital and there'd be people applauding. Right. I don't think anybody 
plotted teachers, but they were they had the same, they were assuming the same, not the same level of risk, but they were also assuming risk. But the other thing to remember is teachers have no agency. Yeah. And what it, I mean it, by that is that well, for example, in Florida, they're not allowed to strike. Right. It's against the law for teachers to strike in the state of Florida. So they don't have any control. And because they're so necessary, it's like um, that, that idea of businesses that are too big to fail. Mm. Okay, Teachers are too big to, um, we have to have them because right. <laughs> you have to keep the schools open. So they're forced to do things that, I mean, the government says you have to be there. You cannot, you cannot not show up. And so they don't have a lot of agency. They don't have strong unions. They don't have strong representations. They don't have a super PAC that's that's uh, working on them. And they and they become pawns in this political theater that we, you know, different governors are saying, no, you're going back. Period. You know, we, this is it's against the law to do this. It's against the law to do that. And because teachers can't do anything about it, they sort of become pawns. They know they're pawns. It's not like they don't, they're not aware of this. They know that they're being used and manipulated, but they're necessary. And, and so, so they have no agents. That's what I meant when I said they have no agency. They can't do anything about it. They have to do their jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, so, so COVID has had that type of, uh, of an influence on, on teachers. Um, it, it, it has, a, has had a significant influence, as we've talked about before, um, on students, you know, they're, they're well, the, the data suggests they're, they're well behind academically um, in both reading and math. Um, you know, a, 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 only a small portion of students, about a third of students, are making gains. Right. Um, right. And so you, you have fewer students making gains most of the other students are, are falling behind. And so this, the gap there is, is significantly increasing, especially when it comes to, you know, students who live in poverty or, or other minorities. Um, and, and so, you know, and, and my goodness, not, let's not even talk about students with um, special needs, ESE students and things like that. There's just, there, there's no plan at all for those students. That's, um, that's true. They really did get yeah, they, they, they were missed. During, I mean, we just we couldn't do anything about it. I mean, just didn't have the people or the facilities to do anything about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and those are the academic problems. And then there's a the whole mental health component, because, again, right. as I mentioned earlier, you know, students mm-hmm. are stressed out and they're overwhelmed. And whether they know why they are or not, they are. And, mm-hmm. and so they're experiencing significant levels of stress and depression and um, I like I said before, I, I, I've never had as many referrals as I have this year. Um, and, and even of students themselves asking, not just a teacher saying, they hey, do. it looks like they're depressed. Students coming in and saying, I really need to talk to somebody because, you know, I'm really overwhelmed and I'm really having a tough time. Um, and, and for most of them, school is the only place that they can get mental health support. You know, I forgot about that, but um, I used to say to audiences that the largest mental health facilities for adults in the country are jails. Right. Well, the largest mental health facility for children are schools. Right. That's where over 80% of children who get any mental health services get them in school. Okay. So we're going to talk about that next week when we talk about the opposition to social emotional learning. If right. it's not happening in schools, it's not happening anywhere because right. we can't provide those services anywhere but in schools. Okay. Right. So. Yeah. So, so students are 
behind academically, they're, they're gaining skills at a slower rate right. than they were That's before. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're not, um, again, you know, we talked uh, uh, before about that, the, just the momentum, the, um, they're just tired. And I, I think to some extent, some students became well accustomed to, you know, um, virtual school and, and school environments where there's not somebody pressing you and pushing you. And there, there, so there's a lot of, and, and the schools still offer a lot of forgiveness to students who, who aren't getting the work done, uh-huh. have recovery mm-hmm. packs and things like that uh-huh. for students who have poor grades. So you can kind of, students have learned and, and it's hard to point blame and, and really hold somebody to task for it, but you know, students are getting behind. And so we want to support them because we recognize everything that's going on, but then we recognize what's going on and it's, we're giving some additional support, but then that's reinforcing the idea that they can fall behind. And so it's like, it's this perpetual machine that's just turning out students who are, are struggling. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's about, they're about five months behind in math and four months behind in reading compared to uh, in, in this current school year, it, they, they are getting behind. Schools yeah. are open and that's good, but it's going to be a while before these kids recover. And some of them are going to have gaps in their background forever because nobody's going to go back and reteach this stuff. Right. You know, these kids are going to be a third grader will be in fifth or sixth grade. No middle school is going to go back and teach third grade skills. Right. So they're, they're going to have gaps. And so we're going to have to, it's going to be an ongoing challenge with these right. kids. Right. Yeah, and it's going to be perpetual. It's going to be, um, and it, we're going to have to find ways to accommodate for it in the years to come. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, middle school teachers are going to have to find ways to, to wrap around skills, right. elementary school, how to, you know, into some of their work to, to, because students need to have those skills and they don't, especially right. you know, you think about math. I mean, math, math is cumulative. I mean, you, I can, I can hear middle school teachers say, now what happened? None of these kids know the multiplication tables. Right. None of these kids can calculate a percent. No, because they missed that stuff yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. So the, the effects are, are, these effects are going to be ongoing. Uh, and we're going to have to keep adjusting. Teachers, will, once again, we're going to be asking teachers to make that adjustment. Right. And, and with that, I can kind of circling back. It, and I feel like we're kind of going around and around here because with that, you know, the more that we're putting on teachers, the more that we're seeing early retirement and resignation. Right. And we're seeing, you know, huge numbers of, of teacher vacancies, um, teacher shortages. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no one to fill in the vacancies. No. Mm-hmm. No, even with um, signing bonuses, they're being treated like professional athletes. I'll give a signing bonus, you know, but they just can't find people. And it's not just teachers. It's all the all the people who are affiliated, associated with schools, bus drivers, janitors, crossing guards, cafeteria workers. We don't have enough of any of those. Right. And we're talking about hundreds and hundreds in each school district. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, so, you know, prior to the pandemic, we sort of, you know, everything was moving in the direction of, you know, higher stakes, really pressuring and pushing students. Um, and, we, you know, we were sort of 
moving the curriculum in the direction where students were doing higher and higher academic work mm-hmm. at younger and younger ages. Right. Um, and we, we created this um, system where students were, um, you know, if they were to stay on, uh, on grade level or on, on, um, on pace with what the curriculums wanted and things right. like that, um, they were working on things earlier than they ever have before. And then That's the pandemic right. hits, and now it's now all of that is coming back to bite us, I think. That's right. It is. Because beginning in 2000, with No Child Left Behind, mm-hmm. every state in the union began to push and push and push and test and test and test. And everybody's aware of that. Um, but still, we have this we have this achievement gap that doesn't go away. Right. We have pressure on teachers. We have these value, these complicated value-added formulas right. to determine who the effective teachers are. So there was enormous pressure prior to the pandemic. Well, that's all mm-hmm. falling apart. I mean, you you can't you can't do both. You can't right. have these elevated standards at a time when you have all these. Um, systemic problems. Uh, It's somebody's fault. You just have these deficits that that you're not going to be able to make up. And so post-pandemic, you know, before the pandemic, we had all this pressure. Now what we have is morale problems. We have skills that aren't being learned. We have um, the the gap between students who can do the work and those who can't do the work is widening. The achievement gap is getting worse. So post-pandemic, Mm-hmm. We're faced with a host of other problems right. of a very different kind. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and all of it is contributing to that, that teacher burnout that we were talking about dropped drops in, in morale. And, um, right. you know, so from on that side for the teachers and on the other side, you have a drop in morale and skill development, and everything for students. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're kind of painting this rather bleak uh, picture um, but it is sort of where all of the, the research and all of the discussions are going. Um, and, and it's important that we think about it and that we're talking about it and that we figure out how to do it because schools play such a critical part, not only in the family, the life of the family, but in, in the right. life of the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. um, yeah. we've learned that very. We got a, we got spanked on that one. I yeah, mean, we learned it was loud and clear that man schools are so much more important that there's they mean so much more than right. just education you know the the, the, the the i take the schools out of the equation and, and the i think the economy would fall apart because people couldn't go to work they wouldn't be right. able to work um and so while the picture is bleak it's i think people need to be aware of what's happening and unless you're a teacher i mean unless you're in the schools or you're a parent, you have no idea how truly uh, bad things are in our schools. I think a lot of people thought, well, schools are reopened and we're back to, everything's back to normal. We are far from back to normal and we're not going to be for a while. And people need to be aware of that because there are political and economic um, considerations here and consequences that that everybody needs to be aware of. Uh, We need to be aware of the critical role that schools play. And, and they, they, because they affect more than schools. Yeah. And, and, and we have to be aware of what schools need. Schools, we need right. more teachers. We need, you know, we, we got an email um, here in our school district. We got an email last week that said, um, you know, hey, would you, to, to all school board employees, so all teachers, administrators, 
supports that everybody. We got an email that says, you know, if you would like to learn how to drive buses. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they invited um, to, to train anyone who would like to, to, to drive school buses because we're, we're yeah. both of my elementary schools. And I think it happens in my middle school as well. Um, some bus school buses have to run, make two trips to the same school. You know, usually the bus comes, picks up the students that they need and then they go and they go to another school or something like that. Um, a bus will come to the school, pick, pick up a load of students, take them home and then come back and get another load of students and take them home. So th- that second run of students are there for, you know, sometimes an hour longer. So it extends their school day. Right. Okay. And as well as the school day for the teachers and the and, administration. And unless, unless you're in the schools, you don't realize that. So right. I, I didn't know that. I, I knew that there was a shortage. But how does that shortage play out on a day-by-day basis? Well, it means their school day is longer. Right. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, so we, need, we need more people, uh, teachers, bus drivers, janitors, support everybody. staff, custodians, yeah. crossing our, We need everybody. You know, there are schools in Polk County where teachers now are cleaning their own classrooms. Um, there are many days when that happens at my schools, yeah. Right. Not that we can't. I mean, I did when I was a teacher. But you, you, this is all adding to teacher morale. You know, that they're already overextended. They're already doing more. They're already staying later. And now they have to clean their classrooms. Right. It's not that they can't do it. But when, they, when, they're, when they're made to, when they're asked to do it, and they get nothing for it. And this is what, what we're going to talk about next week, is that while they're doing all that work, what are the politicians and the school boards, do they feel support right. from their leaders? And right now they don't. Right. And, and, and that's what we need to sort of avoid. We need to, we need to stop with, with all of the, the fighting and bickering over, over things that... You know, teachers don't need teachers need help, but they right. don't need that help. Right. Yeah. We, we don't we don't need to spend two hours talking about, um, you, you know, who can compete in sporting events. Rather, okay. we need to spend two hours talking about how do we get more teachers and how can we improve teacher morale? Right. Um, we, we don't need to, to have these types of debates and arguments. Not right now. I mean, those things are important, but. There yeah, are, we have a there are more we, have a, we right call now. a special we call a special session of the legislature to make sure that we don't force um, we don't force kids to wear masks. Okay, right. well that okay that's important. Right. But what about all this other stuff? And nobody's addressing that. And that too is adding to the consternation to the feelings that teachers have. They're already they're already overwhelmed. Right. And now you're going to say, okay, we'll have a special session to talk about mask mandates. Right. It's, yeah. it's not that it is important. It's not that it's not important, but there are other things going on that, that teachers really need immediately. Um, parent support is one of those things. And, and parents need to support teachers because it, it, it's work, it works best when parent and teachers, parents and teachers work together. Right. Absolutely. So, and as you said, next week, we're going to talk more about some of these issues um, and, and uh, maybe propose a little bit of a plan on. Yeah. We're going to throw, give our two cents, right? Why not? Everybody else is. Everybody else gets an opinion. Why can't we have one? No, it's a complicated, uh, complicated set of issues, no easy solutions. And it's not a problem that's going to go away soon. So uh, we need to, we need to be aware of it and we need to start, um, solving some of the problems that, that face our teachers.
because now we know the critical role that schools play. Absolutely, Sam. All right. Okay. That's it for today. Until have a happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. <laughs>